Um, I have to apologize for last night. I was, it was made aware to me that I was pretty scattered to begin with, so uh, mind was running. And uh, also, I hope I didn't come across as like a negative downer to you last night because, guys, I want to be an encouragement to you. You guys are doing something great. I mean, honestly, to take a week to come here and spend time with family. So, yeah, I, that talk last night is probably my least favorite to give, but I do believe that it's one of the most important because of the issue and the impact that it's having. So if it came across negative and I'm like chucking stones at you, trust me, I'm a fellow pilgrim on the journey of life. So no, that's not the intent at all. Second uh, Corinthians 10, verse 1. I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I who am humble when face to face with you, but bold towards you when I am away. I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the flesh. This is what we're going to deal with today. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. This session is probably going to be like a really weird one for you because it's like I'm talking about video games and the messages that are in there. And what I get from the parents and the grandparents is they say, yeah, you really need to tell that to my children. No, you need to tell it to your children because you're the ones that are buying the games and putting them in their hands, okay? So I just want to come along and, and give you information about what's going on in that realm because quite frankly, is pretty scary. We'll also deal with television and movies, like I said. Um, here's a couple of tools for you guys. If you want to download our app, one of the cards that's back there is a, just like that, that 51555 thing for the app. It's free. Matter of fact, if you feel comfortable, take your smartphone out again, go to your app store, and just type in reasons for, F-O-R, hope. Whoops, i got to turn that thing on. Uh, reasons for hope, right there. And you'll see the blue asterisks, and it's free. And there's a bunch of information on there because I want to put tools in your hands. Uh, if you do the YouTube thing, all, all of our videos go up on YouTube. So just go to YouTube forward slash reasons for hope. And you can subscribe there when you get back to your laptop. And that's free. So again, guys, I'm not trying to nickel and dime you. I'm not trying to, you know, suck you dry here, man. It's uh, those are tools because we believe that if we can equip the body of Christ, good things will happen, all right? So uh, Reasons for Hope is the name of the ministry, and uh, remember, Jesus is the one piece of hope that can never be taken from you. You put your hope in anything other than that, good luck. All right, Bible quiz time, you ready? I'm going to put quotes up here, and you have to thank you, one voice. Yes, thank you. Question, I'm going to read a quote to you, and you got to tell me if it's a Bible quote or if it's not. All right, you ready for this? All right, here we go. Here we go. Question not thy God, for thy God doth not respond. Who says that's in the Bible? Who, okay, okay, okay. Before I do this, everybody raise your right hand. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Only about two people missed it up. Uh, everybody raise your left hand. I now know you can participate in my survey. 
because it's not going to work if y'all don't participate. Who says that's in the Bible? Who says it's not in the Bible? Huh. It's not in the Bible. That's Jesse of Xenogears, a PlayStation game. How about this? Let us focus now to clear our impure minds and think of our higher power, for it is he and only he who will give us salvation. Bible? Not in the Bible. Not in the Bible, okay? Crazy prophet, make an ex, dreamcast. How about this? Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Bible? Not in the Bible. Thank you very much. Yes, that is in the Bible. Um, all shall be cast down and disappear into darkness. Bible? Not in the Bible. Not in the Bible. Uh, Acolyte, Hell Knight, PlayStation. Do unto others while they do unto you. <laughs> Nobody should fall for that one. That is not in the Bible. That's a game called idol worship. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Bible? Not the Bible. That's the Bible. Why would I do this to you? Are you kind of seeing something interesting here? Are you seeing the language, how deceptive it is? I'm going to tell you right now that video gamers do this intentionally. The producers do this intentionally. Make things sound like the Bible because, boy, the mocking that takes place in, you're going to see some. How about this? How about this? So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we pass on to you, whether by word of mouth or letter. Bible? Not in the Bible. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. He separated light from dark, making heavens with light and the earth with darkness. He named the earth. Bible? Not in the Bible. Not in the Bible. Beginning scene of Exodus. I can't even say the name. Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. <laughs> you laugh. That is a major teaching in one of the top-selling video game franchises in history. It is a philosophy that is absolutely being taught in Assassin's Creed. Ever hear of it? Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Uh, faith and money will lead you nowhere. Ooh. Bible? Not in the Bible. Not in the Bible. That's from Resident Evil. All right. All right. I will expose your righteousness and your works, and they will not benefit you. Bible? Not in the Bible. That's the Bible. Now, I, we use the NIV. I don't preach from the NIV. I don't read the NIV, to be real honest with you, unless I'm like just kind of, you know, that's not what I study from. But I just want you to see the similarity in language here because I, I, I'm hoping that I can make an important point here. So here we go. Let's jump into this right here. This whole video game world is interesting. Now, here's a, here's a tool. Parent, grandparent, I want to give this to you. When you get back from camp, maybe this is something that you guys can do together. My son came to me about five years ago, and he said, Dad, I got rid of cable TV. Why? I have cable TV. I watched The Voice. I told you yesterday. <laughs> All right? Why? He said, Dad, and here it is. Here's your exercise, parents. He said, Dad, I took a sheet of paper. I drew a line down the middle and a line at the top. On the left-hand side, I put time spent glorifying God. On the right-hand side, time spent in the world. And he said, for one week, I tracked how much time I prayed, 
how much time I uh, witnessed, how much time I spent in fellowship with other believers. And he said, I felt so good about myself because, Dad, I prayed for an hour one week and I read the scripture for an hour and a half. And then I looked at the other side. I got a problem. TV's gone. My son was about 31 years old at that time, 30 years old. Did I have to go to my son and say, you got a problem you need to get rid of your... No. If we have to do that when they're in their 30s, we have failed miserably. You know, Parents, we have to teach them to own it themselves. Do this with your child. Because I did it. And I didn't like what I saw. And I had to make some changes. I told the youth last week that literally now when I go into hotels and I spend... It's going to be 196 days on the road this year. TV doesn't come on when I go into a hotel room. And it wasn't because I was watching bad stuff. It was because the number of hours that I was like, well, I'm on the road. I'm not going to go out. You know, there's nothing to go on, no, no ministry to do. Because I'm the guy that when I go out and do something, when people ask me to come do ministry, they'll schedule me to do, okay, you're doing a morning talk, Sunday school, and then the service, and then you're doing the evening thing, so three talks. And then I'm like, I get there. Hey, you got any youth group things? You want me to do something before you, we can do this? We can go to a homeschool thing? I end up doing at least one or two more things because I'm not there to sit in a hotel, all right? If you can't tell, I'm not like a real good sitter. And so it's like, what can we do? I, but when I, what I caught myself doing was just sitting in there just kind of going brain dead. And then I tracked the hours. Ooh, man, I could do a whole lot of good in that amount of time. I hope. So, this is something that I want you to do. Understand this, 65% of U.S. households play video games, and it's not just kids. But to our generation, I'm not asking you to answer, play Candy Crush, kill yourself some peppermint things. Uh-huh. Under 18, 25%, 18 to 49, 49% over 50, 26%. It is across the board because video games aren't just like first-person shooters anymore, man. It's Scrabble. It's breaking the balloons to get letters. It's marbles dropping. You know what I'm saying? It's brain-dead time sometimes. Just look. So uh, average time, remember, average time a, a, a person spends per week playing gamer is 18 hours a week. Now multiply that 52, what's that work out to be? I told you this yesterday, 936 hours a year playing video games. Do you think you could accomplish something of value in 936 hours? Let's be generous. Do you think you could accomplish something of value in 400 hours and play 400 hours of video games? Just cut it. If you don't think video games are having an impact, I have to just deal with the violence for one second. Sex and violence is a given. It's a given, all right, in the video game world. I did this last night, but I can't even, I can't even share it with you because I, I wanted to make sure that I was up to date. Look up if you want the top 10 most violent video games in America. Oh, I'm sorry, top 10 most video, uh, violent video games, period. Forget about America. You cannot imagine what this generation is filling themselves with. As I read through some of the descriptions, like I want to make parents aware, but I don't want to promote those names at all. So I won't put them up on the screen. And then I was like, I can't even show, tell you the things that they're doing and what these kids are seeing. 
936 hours a year filling themselves with filth? What does God say? What you let in is going to work its way out. One example. Anybody know who this guy is? I'm going back because I want you to see something. I want you to understand that this isn't some like modern problem. This has been going on for a while. Ever hear of Marilyn Manson? Guess who one of his mentors was? This guy right here. Most people, unless you're my age, aren't going to know who that is. That is Anton LaVey. Anybody know who Anton LaVey was? The founder of the Church of Satan, wrote the Satanic Bible. This is the guy that had the influence on the singer now known as Marilyn Manson, who was in a Christian school as a kid. Guys, you don't think it impacted him? Let's take uh, Anton LaVey's teaching. Let's take Marilyn Manson's music. Let's take a movie called Natural Born Killers. Ever heard of it? Let's take a video game called Doom. Let's put it in with some teenage kids and shake it up for a little bit. You think it's not going to have an impact? You ever hear of Columbine? Do you understand that the young men that's kicked off this whole thing that we're still dealing with as of yesterday, the mass shootings, they left notes on why they were doing what they were doing. And they gave credit to Marilyn Manson's music, video game called Doom. It's having an impact. 2,888 out of 3,000 studies show that TV violence is a major cause of real-life violence. 2,888 out of 3,000 studies show that TV violence is a major cause of real-life violence. TV shows, 30 minutes, an hour, passive, you are watching. Video game, 25. 50, 100, 200 hours to beat the game, and it is not passive. You are doing. You are choosing what to do, who to do, how to do, too. Parent, we will restrict the TV show, but we'll let them play a video game that does more damage, in my humble opinion. Those young men, when they went in, were wearing, one of them was wearing a T-shirt that said Natural Selection. Do you understand he was being absolutely consistent with his worldview? There is no God. We have evolved to a higher level. We are no longer homo sapien. We are homo superior. Where did that come from? You ever hear of the X-Men? Nobody? Guess what? That's what X-Men teaches. Go back to the original comic books. It's very interesting, but it's in the movies as well. They had evolved to a higher level. They weren't homo sapien anymore. By the way, you can also... Uh, play the video game, you can get the game Super Columbine RPG where you get to walk through the school, actual timeline of the shooters going through the school doing what they did and interact with kids, talk to them and then choose to shoot them or not. Guys, this world is sick and you better be aware of it. I don't like telling you this stuff. I mean, you get to ask questions like, do you believe in God? By the way, you think it's not a big deal? 90,000 copies downloaded in one week. I wish 90,000 copies of my app were downloaded in a year because there's a whole lot better message on there than there is on that thing. So, just be aware, sex and violence is a given. And I'm not going to go deep in it. 
just because it's a given. Because I also think you need to know how is God, Jesus, Bible, and Christians depicted in top-selling video games because this was the world that blew me out of the water. My son came to me. This is not my work. 90% of this is my son because he's the gamer. I really, yeah, I play games, but mine are more like flip, flip, drop, flip, flip, drop, okay? I mean, I do. It's like Dr. Mario, flip, flip, drop, okay? Um, it's like maze stuff, you know? I do. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, it's all like maze stuff, you know, like puzzle kind of a, trying to think sometimes. But my son came to me and said, Dad, you think television and movies is impacting my generation? Video games. So I'd written my first book called Remote Control, The Power of Hollywood on Today's World, where I go through Finding Nemo, Lilo and Stitch, Incredibles, Bob the Builder. Every one of those have messages in there that are anti-Bible. Every one of them. And we just ran by them and didn't catch them until I got saved. In my mind, I was like, oh, hold up. I never caught that before. Oh, hold up. So then my son came to me and said, he wrote the book. He said, here, Dad, put your name on it and call it Remote Controller, a follow-up to Remote Control. And I was like... I can't do that. That's not honest. That's not my work. Somebody asked me a question about the game, and I'll be like, uh, uh, well, you wrote about it in your book. No, I didn't, because <laughs> I don't know. So I'm giving you what, uh, a lot of stuff that my son gave to me. Grand Theft Auto 4. Hey, we're not even going to go into 5. <sighs> Dude. Violent. This was one of the top 10. This was one of the top 10. Uh, let's go to just 4 for a second. Just God, Jesus, Bible... Okay, Playboy X talking to Nico. Jesus, he did some crazy stuff too. I mean, everybody does. He killed people. He killed that John the Baptist cat. He did what he had to do. Hello? Jesus killed John the Baptist? Um, you were sitting in here saying, well, that's ridiculous. Now, flip your thinking. You are a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old, biblically illiterate youth. And everything that you see on television, in movies, in video games, is telling you how bad Christians are, and Christianity is, and then somebody comes along and makes this statement. If you are biblically illiterate, this is the only Bible that you know. And this is why I say, parents, you got to be engaged. You have to have these conversations. Because if, if this is all they're hearing, we're done. But when we go to Scripture, Jesus didn't kill John the Baptist. We, but when you have a biblically illiterate culture, this becomes their reality. Does that make sense to you? I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But this is their reality. This is their normal, and it's not normal. Assassin's Creed, I told you we would deal with it, right? This is one of the top-selling franchises, period. It is killing it. There are people that will tell you. I've read their writings. We need the kids to play this because it, it gets them excited about history. It teaches them about history. But what kind of history? Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, Assassin's Creed 2. Guess what? Jesus didn't die on the cross. No. 
The assassins came in and they pulled him off the cross. Jesus didn't die on the cross, so that whole resurrection thing, ridiculous. By the way, by the way, have any of you ever heard like claims like that, that, man, there's no evidence for resurrection? Anybody? 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 Would you like an answer to that? Y'all got to wake up. You want an answer to that? Put your seatbelts on. We're debunking it. I'm going to show you one of the debunks where we addressed that whole issue that, oh, there's no evidence for a resurrection. So put your seatbelt on because here we go. We're going to come at you quick. Now, lots of people say that there's no evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So all I'm going to do here is provide one line of evidence. It's unfortunate, but I just don't have the time to mention something like the half dozen facts developed by resurrection expert Gary Habermas, for instance. Minimal facts that even skeptics, atheists, and liberal scholars agree on. These facts are as follows. One, that Jesus died by crucifixion. Two, that very soon afterwards, his followers had real experiences that they thought were actual appearances of the risen Jesus. Three, that their lives were transformed as a result, even to the point of being willing to die specifically for their faith in the resurrection message. Four, that these things were taught very early, soon after the crucifixion. Five, that James, Jesus' unbelieving brother, became a Christian due to his own experience that he thought was the resurrected Christ. And six, that the Christian persecutor Paul, formerly Saul of Tarsus, also became a believer after a similar experience. Man, I wish I had the time to mention those, but I just don't. No time, good sir. No time, no time at all. I just don't have time to bring up what former atheist and law-trained journalist Lee Strobel said when he said, I figured it would be easy to disprove the resurrection. Give me a weekend and I can shred Christianity's central claim. Well, it wasn't that easy. After investigating the historical evidence, Mr. Strobel believed in the resurrection of Jesus. Watch the movie, read the books. Bummer I couldn't mention that to you. Ain't got time for this quote either. My job is to infer what is most reasonable from the list of evidences, said cold case detective J. Warner Wallace. After digging into the evidence, I was convinced that what the Bible claims about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is the best explanation. The only weakness in the case, and there are always weaknesses, was my own bias against resurrections. Now, since I don't have time to mention such things, let me just get right to my point, okay? My one and only line of evidence has to do with the appearances of Jesus after his death. This is recorded in an early creed cited by the aforementioned Paul the Apostle, which we find in his letter to the Corinthian church. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared also to me. Okay, there's a lot of people who saw Jesus after he was crucified and buried. And this is exactly why Paul was so confident to stand in front of Festus and King Agrippa and tell them the truth. It's in Acts 25 and 26. Here's a snippet. Paul says, I stand here testifying, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. Now Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, your great learning is driving you out of your mind. Not sure if that was his actual accent, but Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus. I am speaking true and rational words, for the king knows about these things. None of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. In other words, all this was falsifiable. Everyone around town was talking about Jesus' resurrection. People had seen him. The tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away. The guards were perplexed. The religious leaders were mystified and tried to create a lie about what happened to the body. Paul, who was persecuting Christians earlier, was now one of them preaching the resurrection of Christ. None of this was hidden. It was all out in the open. 
So my eclectic, evidence-eager evangelist, each ecstatically expecting an extraordinary ending, I leave thee with this from Clive Staples Lewis. This is the story. What are we to make of Christ? There is no question of what we can make of him. It is entirely a question of what he intends to make of us. You must accept or reject the story. But what you can't do is glibly claim or irresponsibly assert that there is no evidence for the resurrection of Jesus because that, my friends, has been debunked. Adios. This video was fully funded by a generous donation. To keep... Sorry. Forgot I had that on there. Um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Here's another example. How are Christians depicted? Poor old Charles Darwin. You see him in the back right there? Poor old Charles Darwin, those mean old Christians are chasing him all over town. They're trying to kill him. Those mean old Christians trying to kill poor old Charles Darwin because his philosophy is going to destroy the moral fabric of society. So the assassins have to come in and protect poor old Charles Darwin. I mean, those Christians are so mean that they're killing the newsboys. And I'm not talking about the band. I'm talking about little boys selling newspapers. And so, oh, those mean old Christians. If you are biblically illiterate and historical, Historically ignorant, this becomes your reality. I got to tell you, there's a lot of folks that I disagree with. I disagree with evolution to the nth degree based on the evidence. But I don't want to kill them. I want to convert them. Because once they're dead, then it's too late. How about this? How about this? There's a brand new one just came out last year, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And in this one, you get to choose one of two players. You could be Alexios or you get to be Cassandra. And during the video game, you get to choose your sexuality. And this is now in the games, period. You get to choose how you want to. Here's one, here's one. The Binding of Isaac. You don't think this one has a message about Christians or Christianity. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Well. Isaac and his mother lived alone in a small house on a hill. Isaac kept to himself, drawing pictures and playing with his toys as his mom watched Christian broadcasts on the television. Life was simple. And they were both happy. That was until the day Isaac's mom heard a voice from above. Your son has become corrupted by sin. He needs to be saved. I will do my best to save him, my lord, Isaac's mother replied. No messaging in here? Before, before, we're happy. After conversion, right? You see the cross on the wall? After conversion, demonic. So what's the rest of the game? Oh, it's very simple. Very simple. Uh, Mom takes everything away from you. Takes your toys away, takes your cartoons away, takes your clothes away. Puts you in your room, locks you up. Can't go out, can't do anything. And that's still not enough. So God still requires more. So mom goes into the kitchen, gets the butcher's knife. Isaac sees her through a crack in the door. 
mom's coming with the butcher's knife to kill him. Isaac runs around frantically looking for an escape. He moves his carpet in his room and he finds a trap door so that he can jump down in the trap door. And the rest of the game is your psychotic mother chasing you, trying to kill you with a butcher's knife. No messages there about Christians or Christianity, am I right? You think this is a side issue? The binding of Isaac has sold over three million copies. And there's now binding of Isaac number two out. This world is not a world that you can throw your hands up and just say, I don't get it. I'm out of here. Do what you're going to do. Parent, you have got to be involved. The game that comes in your house, you better be aware what the messages are. And here's something that my son told me, because again, I'm not, I don't play these kind of games. Um, he said, Dad, what I have found is that the majority of them, the first 15, 20, 30 minutes, none of this stuff is really like in there. You have to go beyond that, and that's when this stuff comes out. Because video games aren't just video games anymore. They're basically like movies. You have movies in between scenes. You do this, you do this, and then you have this whole movie. That's where the teaching comes in. The game thing is just the game thing, running around, you know, slap, whap, whatever, Right? But the movies are where the teaching come in. And he said, why would they do that? He said, because I think that most parents aren't going to last more than 15, 20 minutes. They'll hang around for that first part. They're like, oh, whatever. Then they get bored and they leave off. And then the mess comes in. So parent, do some research on this. The guy that wrote this told why he wrote it and why he did it. After Isaac's mother receives a message from God demanding the life of her son as proof of her faith, Isaac flees into the monster-filled basement of their home. The creator of the game says that it touches on dark adult themes including child abuse, gender identity, infanticide, neglect, suicide, abortion, and how religion might negatively affect a child. He had a purpose for making the game. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is having an impact on a generation that this is the only Christian that they see. What are we doing to break down the stereotype? 700,000 sales in one year, over 2 million sales so far. How about this? Oh, by the way, by the way, Psalm 101, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I'm going to tell you right now, that's wicked. How about this? Two aliens talking to each other. What is the top played video game in the homeschool conservative community. What's that? Anybody else? Top played video game in the conservative homeschool community. What's that? Fortnite is probably it now. Fortnite is probably it now. Watch this. This is one of the others. Voice one, that doesn't matter. It thinks we're a game. I think I like this player. It played well. It did not give up. It is reading our thoughts as though they were words on a screen. That is how it chooses to imagine many things when it is deep in the dream of a game. Words make a wonderful interface, very flexible and less terrifying than staring at the reality behind the screen. This is after you've played the game, you've won the game. This is your reward, okay? This is what you get taught. They used to hear voices before players could read. Back in the days when those who did not play called the players witches and warlocks and players dreamed they flew through the air on sticks powered by demons. Does it know that we love it? That the universe is kind? Sometimes through the noise of its thoughts it hears the universe, yes. 
the universe is kind? Get in the talk with some of this, um, the millennials especially, man. That's one of the things. Forget about God. It's the universe that gives. It's the universe that creates. Luke says, but love your enemies and do good and lend hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great and you shall be the kingdom of heaven for he is kind unto the th- unthankful and to the evil. The universe isn't kind. God is kind. Who are we? Once we were called the spirit of the mountain, father, son, mother, moon, ancestral spirits, animal, jinn, ghost, the green man, then gods, demons, angels, poltergeist, aliens, extraterrestrials, leptons, quirks. The words change, we do not change. Who doesn't change? God doesn't change. You see the connecting here? Same terminology, different, totally different meanings. We are the universe. We are everything you think isn't you. You are looking at us now through your skin and your eyes. And why does the universe touch your skin and throw light on you? To see you, player, to know you, and to be known. I tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a player. The player was you. And sometimes the player believed the universe had spoken to it through the zeros and ones, through the electricity of the world, through the scrolling word on a screen at the end of a dream, and the universe said, I love you. Ah, God said he loves you. And as a matter of fact, he demonstrated that love while we were yet sinners, that he came and he died on a cross for us. And the universe said, you have played the game well. And the universe said, you, uh, uh, and the universe said everything you need is within you. Anybody know who this guy what we is? What really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect. So we never dare to ask the universe for it. I'm saying I'm the proof that you can ask the universe for it. This is not a movie role. This is who he is. Ask the universe. God says, if you lack wisdom, ask him. By the way, anybody know what video game this whole ending is from? You know, Luke? Yeah. You'll see. By the way, Christian or non-Christian, it doesn't matter. We've all got a creator. In the beginning... In the beginning. We're lucky that the Milky Way provides the right conditions for us to live. Our destiny is linked to our galaxy and to all galaxies. They made us, they shape us, and our future is in their hands. So we see it in the video games, we see it in the celebrities, and then we see it on the television shows on the Science Channel. And we wonder why 50 to 88% of the younger generation walk away from the church by the time they're age 18. Because how much time have they spent playing this? How much time have they been in the school? How much time have they spent watching TV? And then we parents have spent... Again, I'm coming across as the downer negative guy. You're here. You're spending a week with your children and your grandchildren. Praise God. But I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you because it may not be in your house, but you have friends that it is in their house. You have family that it is in their house. And now maybe you can be the catalyst to help them to have conversations and let them know there's another way, man. Don't let them teach this mess. Show them how it's not correct. So yes, let's finish up with the ending here. You have played the game. You have won. 
And the universe said, you are stronger than you know. And the universe said, you are the daylight. And the universe said, you are the night. And the universe said, the darkness you fight is within you. And the universe said, the light you seek is within you. And the universe said, you are not alone. And the universe said that you are not separate from every other thing. The universe said, you are the universe tasting itself, talking to itself, reading its code. And the universe said, I love you because you are love. Hold up, God is love. Uh-uh. And the game was over, and the player woke up from the dream, and the player began a new dream, and the player dreamed again, dreamed better, and the player was the universe, and the player was love. You are the player. Wake up. So what did this ending that you just spent however many hours that you did, what is this ending teaching you? You are God. Huh. Well, the guy that wrote this ending, I want you to hear why he wrote it. So the format you went for in the story, it's an interview, was an overheard dialogue. The player's effectively listening on two alien intelligences talking about them. Where did that come from? I wanted a dreamy kind of feeling like you'd broken through something. When you're playing the game in survival mode, you're performing a quest that is difficult and takes a long time. I felt that at the end of the quest, there should be some moment of enlightenment, some ambiguous wisdom that you should have something to bring back, and you should feel you've broken through into some other level. That is a feeling I wanted, and I like the idea of an overheard dialogue to create it. Now listen to this. This is what's interesting. Now here's an odd thing. When writers look back over stories, they make up a story about the story and say, oh, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that. But that's not actually true to how it feels at the time. If I went back and told you what it was like writing it, it was quite odd. Because I started trying to write my way into it and thinking, what do I want? But about halfway through it, I had an odd feeling that doesn't happen very often where my hand started moving faster than my thoughts and I was just watching my hand. Probably for the last third of the pieces it ended up, I didn't really change it at all because I found myself writing it in the first draft and almost floating back and looking at my hand, moving and being very pleased and surprised to see what came out next. You don't think there's any influence going on in this writing? The story itself seems to encode that kind of automatic writing process, this idea that you're taking dictation from the universe. Yes, and by the end of it, I actually felt like I was taking dictation from the universe. Oh, he was taking dictation. Now, I'm sure that there are many ways of interpreting that experience that don't require cosmic voices from unknown entities by, to be talking to each other, but it actually did feel like I was taking dictation, so perhaps it is real wisdom in the story. Who knows? Guys, that is from Minecraft. The safe. Fortnite is not safe. <laughs> and it is probably now the most played game in the Christian community. I don't think the conservative Christians are open to it yet. But uh, Christians, yes. Every camp that I go to, there are folks that are in it, okay? But the conservative homeschool, you know, trying to protect their kids from all this stuff, this is probably the most played game still. And that's the ending. Now, I want you to think about it. How boring is that? This is like a 10-minute scroll-through And the kids are watching it? I don't get it. I would, I would last like 30 seconds on this, like, uh, done, boom. Really, I would have never made it all the way through unless my son told me about it. Here's something interesting. Uh, Dante's Inferno came out, and really, Christians, the way that they were depicted, really, really bad. And so they had protesters. Oh, man. Protesters came out protesting. Those Christian protesters, yes, came out. They had signs and hell is not a game. Just say no. No, I'm sorry, just say infer no, right? 
wow, awesome. Christians finally taking a stand. Had enough. Sick of the way the Christians are depicted in the video game world. So there it is, man. The Christians came out in force and protested. There's only one problem. Every one of those were paid individuals. They were not Christians. EA Sports hired them to come out and hold the signs and pretend to be Christians to protest. My question is, where were the real Christians? And I'm not saying we go out and stand out in front of EA Sports and protest. But I think hands should be going up saying, hey, hold up. This is not the way Christians truly are. This, look, we got to talk about this. I've never heard Christians talking on this topic until my son came to me and challenged me. He went and he got this game, Call of Wars. He said, Dad, I, I got this game because I thought, well, it's a cowboy game. And so it's an old cowboy game. And this guy's a preacher. So this should be a safe game. Oh, no. <laughs> Take a listen. How dare he end a life as righteous as my brother's? If I could, I would kill him. Lord, is that what you want from me? Be your sword. I've spent 20 years preaching to hyenas and wolves, but maybe there are some who are beyond redemption. Is that what you're telling me, Lord? To destroy those who cannot be saved? Is that what you want? Then that is how I will serve you. Anything biblically wrong with that? This is the preacher. And by the way, then he goes out to avenge his brother's death. He's going after the guy who he thinks killed his brother, who didn't. He came around a corner, saw this guy kneeling over his dead brother, and he pulls his gun out to kill him. The guy was trying to save him. So this guy runs off. So the rest of the game, you are the preacher trying to chase this guy and kill this innocent guy who did not kill your brother. And how do you fight? Oh, so good. Here you are, you're fighting. You get overwhelmed. Too many people coming after you. So in your left hand, you've got a trigger. For the left hand, you've got a trigger for the right hand. In the left hand, you have your gun. Boom, 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 boom. You shoot whoever, right? But sometimes you get overwhelmed. There's too many people. So you know what you do then? That's when you pull the right trigger. What do you do when you pull the right trigger? You read scripture. Actual biblical passages. And the people that are fighting you put their guns down. They start listening to you. They freeze, and then you shoot them with the left trigger. Yeah, no messages there. <laughs> Guys, that's the game. That's the game. If I could, I would kill him, Lord. Is that what you want from me to be your sword? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's what God said. He didn't send us here to... Maybe there are some that are beyond redemption. Is that what you're telling me, Lord, to destroy those who cannot be saved? Is that what you want? What does John 3.16 say? And if there's a Christian in here that doesn't know John 3.16, there's a problem. Everyone is able to be saved. No one is beyond the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Guys, this is overwhelming. I admit it. Okay? It's heavy. It's hard. But we're talking about giants. And this is a giant 
that is absolutely communicating a message to this younger generation that is undermining Christianity in a major way. So don't run and hide from it. My son, he wrote that book, and one of the things that he did in there that was interesting to me is he took it back because there's a very specific point in time where the whole gaming thing changed. If you go beyond a certain point, like when I started playing video games on Commodore 64, Oh, you guys know, some of you know what that is, right? If, if you played those old games, like the old Zeldas and those types of things, there was a church. There was always a church involved in there. But guess what the church was? It was always a place of healing. It was a place where you saved the game. It was like a safe place. If you find a church in a video game today, that's where the craziness is happening. And I can give you examples from that. I won't. It's, it's overwhelming. I, I don't want to beat you up anymore, Okay. If you see a Christian in a video game, they are the bad guys. Trust me. Matter of fact, cannibals and that's the way they're depicted in, these, in the newer games. So it's overwhelming. So the point that I have to say to you is just, uh, you know I have to do this one. I don't want to do this one, but I have to do it because you need to be aware of this. There's a whole series of games by a company called Atlas. Atlas does nothing but make satanic games, period. They're satanic, all right? One of them is Persona 3. Watch this clip, please, and, and it's heavy, but you need, to, you need to be aware of it. Okay, quiz time. What happens next? You're fighting the monster, knocks the gun out of the person's hand. You now pick up the gun. You have the gun. What do you do next? Here are your options. The hero takes the gun and attacks the monster. You, the hero, leave the gun there and uses his fist to fight the monster. The hero gives the gun to the monster because only a monster could use a weapon. Or the hero takes the gun and shoots himself. What do you think happens next? Most of the young folks are out of here. You want to release your inner power? Suicide number two killer of teenage young ladies in America. And this is just one game. There's a bunch of others that glorify suicide. Guys, this is not a world that you can run from and just take your hands off of. You can't do it. Matter of fact, this whole scene, the guys that made the game, they thought that they were going to get... A lot of pushback because of it. This is what they wrote. There was never any Jack Thompsoning, and Jack Thompson was a guy that really fought and argued about the, the violence and all this sort of thing. They didn't get anything. We didn't get any letters from concerned parents. Tomorrow I'll lighten it up. We'll have some fun tomorrow. I know this is a heavy one. But guys, you got to take a stand on this. Okay?
you got to take a stand on this. Don't, don't, don't just run away from it. Let me give you a couple of things that I thought we could do for uh, young folks and mature folks. What can we do? Youth that are in here, be honest with your parents. Have meaningful conversations with them. Yeah, maybe they don't initiate, but maybe you can initiate. Um, I don't know home lives. I know what mine was like, and it's pretty intimidating. But man, talk. There's another world out there. And I, if you don't have Christian parents, then I would encourage you to hopefully try and find a church that can reinforce what you're hearing here at camp, what you heard at youth camp or something along those lines. Find another source. Know that the world has a secular worldview, and it's not going to line up with Scripture. Don't be surprised by this. Oh, sorry, I didn't capitalize Scripture. Sorry. You got to know this. They've just got a different worldview. They have a different God. If you don't feel comfortable playing something, don't. I think the greatest story that my son told me was that when he was in high school, he went to his friend's house, and they, that game that, uh, like, it was like a Minecraft, but back then it was kind of like Doom, but you, you could build your own little worlds, and it was a first-person shooter, so you'd go in and shoot whatever. And so he went in, and his friends had taken, and you could design the world like a Minecraft, okay? Minecraft is nothing more than building your old world. You can build whatever, build whatever, that sort of a thing. They took the blueprint of their school, laid it all out, and they were all going in to the classroom just like Super Columbine RPG before that game ever came out. And he said, I walked in, Dad, and they were all walking into the rooms and doing this stuff, and they'd given the kids names of their classmates, and they were playing this game. He said, Dad, I walked. I walked. And I didn't know this till later. He said, I was just, and for the rest of my school, those guys mocked me. They ridiculed me. But he said, the crazy thing was about 10 years later, I saw some of those guys, and one of them came up to me off to the side where nobody heard it. And he said, remember that time we were playing those games? He said, yeah. He said, you know, I know we made fun of you, but man, I've always respected you for that. I wanted to walk away too, but I was too afraid. Walk away, man. You don't have to subject yourself to filth. You have a choice. Study the scripture. Find the truth. Let God be the influence in your life, not the video games. Parents, here we go. What can you do? Hopefully these are some things. Get involved. No more washing your hands. Create an environment where it's okay to come and talk about these things. I didn't have that environment growing up, being honest with you. My religious experience was more of a Children to be seen and not heard. Good boys don't ask those questions. Create an environment where you can have open dialogue. Talk with your children. Understand the world has an agenda, and you have got to be in God's word to know the real truth. Because this world is being deceived. And they're using really cool images. If I showed you like that, that Assassin's Creed, the new one, dude, you are watching a movie. It is a movie, but it's not a movie. It's computer-generated. But you would have a hard time telling it apart from being just movie. Don't ignore the problem. Get involved with your children, even if you don't like playing video games. Look, if there's a problem and you got to ban it and burn it and you got to destroy it, okay. But you better replace it with something. You better replace it with something. And I'm not talking about electronic. I'm talking about something. 
And there's other options. If you don't feel comfortable with your child playing a game, then pick something else that you guys can do together. And I always say, do something else, man. If you got to take some time to just get away and look them in the eye, spend some time fishing, come to camp, do something. I'm sorry to beat you up two days in a row. Tomorrow, I will lighten it up, I hope. What am I talking about tomorrow? Is tomorrow the best evidence? I don't have my schedule. Remote control. That's TV. It's not as heavy. This is heavy. Tomorrow's a little bit more fun. So, uh, there you go. It's like putting a horse away wet. I messed it up again. Sorry, Masami. Don't get mad at me. She keeps me straight, man. <laughs> Father, I give it to you. You know my heart. I don't want to be a negative guy. I don't want to be a downer guy. But this world is having a huge impact on this generation, God. And we adults need to be aware of it. Even I don't like it. I have to be aware of it so that I can do something. We need your wisdom on what it is that we do. It is overwhelming. It's such a big area, such a powerful area. So they've got so much money. They've, they make it look so good. And the kids are so attracted to it, Lord. And then we try to take a stand. And all our children here, our, our grandchildren here say is that, uh, you're bad, and you can't do this, can't do that. Can't. Lord, help us to not just take away, but help us to replace it with something that's so much more amazing, which is a relationship with you that there's life eternal. There's so much more than sitting in a room with your face stuck in a device. Help us to communicate that. Help us to live that. Help us to share that, God. I just give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen.